having the understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness thank you and you may be seated all right good morning good to see everybody out this morning and everybody have enough coffee yeah, that's why you're so dour. <laughs> well, good to see everybody this morning. And uh, we sang, at Sunday school, we sang um, um, Dwelling in Beulah Land, Praise God. It took a little while, but everybody got wound up on that one. Judy was over here screaming like a wild banshee, you know, Praise God! You know. It was good, it was good. So. Anyway. Good to see everybody out this morning. We're going to have just a moment of prayer. Good to see uh, Barbara and Jack here today. And what a blessing that is. And, uh, Neil is close to being back. He's uh, getting close. So it's good to at least see Barbara and Jana back. That's good. I mean, Judy and Barbara. So good night. Thanks. So coffee. More coffee. So anyway, good to have Good to have you all back here. Pray for the Chuck today. He is, I need to go ch- check on him after service. So uh, he's uh, having a little struggle, I guess. So uh, Scott called me early this morning, so I need to go check. I need to go check on him after a little bit. So do pray for him if you would. But if you're uh, visiting with us today, and uh, as you said, some that uh, you know, we just take a moment here to pray right where you are. Pray personally, and uh, just take a little time to ask the Lord to. Kind of remove distractions, whatever you came in with, whatever you're looking at for tomorrow or the next day or the next week. Uh, boy, it's, uh, those are some easy distractions to get our mind off things. Let me just take a little bit of time to ask the Lord to remove those things and just kind of get our mind in gear and our heart in gear. And uh, so we're ready to receive what the Lord has for us. And so we're just going to take a moment uh, to play. Um, no, that's for later. I'm sorry. Yeah, invitation time. Yeah, my... Uh, my, my Miss, Miss Sherry will be back tonight. She was up in Kansas City yesterday, and uh, she's my button pusher over there on the instrument. So we're going to have a little bit of time of prayer without music today, so I think you'll be able to handle that. And uh, she'll be back tonight uh, pushing buttons, so that'll be good. Not my buttons. She knows how to do that too, but she'll be pushing, she'll be pushing piano buttons. So anyway, so let's pray, and I'll close this up here in just a moment.
Our Father, we thank you this morning for the just the great opportunity to come and assemble today. We thank you for the beautiful weather and it's such a beautiful day you've given us today. And uh, Lord, we just come today and we pray that uh, you'd help us to get uh, distractions away and anything that we brought with us today that we'd be able to put them aside for a little while. <clears throat> because Lord, you have a word for us this morning. You have something for us specifically that we need in our life and and I know that your Holy Spirit is going to uh, do His work with your with the Word and and uh, try to affect change in our heart and life. And and as you do that, Father, I just pray that you'd help us to be uh, ready and willing uh, to say yes and to to do what you'd have us to do to make changes where you'd make us have changes to uh, to add what you'd have us to add, whatever it may be, however you speak to us today. And uh, to everyone individually, I pray that we'd be ready uh, just to say yes to you. Lord, we do want to lift up those that are not able to be here. Thankful for those that are here today. And what a joy it is to see some of those that have, uh, through sickness, have been away for a while. And, and uh, we continue to pray for those that were not able to be here today, that you continue to heal their bodies and, and do a work in them, and uh, that they would be back with us soon. And... Um, so, Father, we just look to you today. We need you today. We look to you to do that work that only you can do. And we thank you for what you are going to do. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to sing one more song. Let me stand one more time before the pastor comes and turn to page four. 402 page 402 <clears throat>
pasture. Was it me or maybe my ears are clogged up? Did anybody? Have, did anybody? Everybody knew that song. No. You did not know that song. Where have you been? That's the problem right there. Yeah, yeah. Where, where were you? <laughs> oh, man. Pray for Brother Healy. Brother Bob Healy's been down in his back for a little while and uh, still not doing what was in here last week and not good tonight, today as well. So just uh, go ahead and, if you would, remember to pray for him. And uh, um, so... Um, I've got a list in your bulletin there. I'll be leaving Wednesday, as you know. I'll be in Australia for a couple weeks. There's a list of our guest preachers that will be here. Be faithful. Be here for them. I know you will be. And I'm uh, uh, looking forward to them for you. Uh, They're a great lineup of preachers coming. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully, I don't know if I can live stream because it will be like about 1 in the morning. Uh, If you remember... On Saturday, next Saturday, I'll be, it'll be Sunday in Australia. I'll be preaching at my brother's church on Saturday. And then the following Saturday, I'll be preaching at our missionary brother, Butch Shrope's church. So if you remember on Saturday evening to pray, that'll be about the time I'll be, uh, I'll be preaching. So uh, that would be great, and I'd greatly appreciate it. So, all right. <clears throat> well, we are in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, brother Jim read our text this morning. And we're diving back in into Ephesians, and uh, it's uh, nice to have those visiting with us today. I met Josh back here. If there's any problem with our HVAC system, it's not his fault. And so, and uh, good to have you. Good to have you here today. So, and uh, I'm going to preach a message this morning. The title is this. I don't usually give my title in the beginning, and sometimes I don't give it at all. My title this morning is, If You Don't Want to Get Dirty, Quit Playing in the Dirt. Isn't that pretty simple? If you don't want to get dirty, quit playing in the dirt. And there's a hymn, it came to my mind a while back, there's this hymn, I like it, it's a great hymn, it's called He Abides, but in one of the the, uh, uh, verses, it it says this, There's no thirsting for, uh, there's no thirsting for the things of the world, they've taken wings. Long ago I gave them up, and instantly. All my night was turned to day, all my burdens uh, rolled away. Now the Comforter abides with me. And it's, it was, it's a great song. But actually that, that, that verse is a little problematic. And as we know, the hymn, hymns are not inspired, the inspired word of God, right? And uh, there's a problem with that. He, says that. he said there's no thirsting for the things of the world. They've taken wings. Long ago I gave them up, and instantly... How many gave up everything that was in their life when they came to Christ instantly? Anybody still working on some stuff? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And see, the problem with that hymn is that it's just not true, right? At salvation, we we didn't get everything. We didn't give everything up instantly. And listen, we can look in some lives and uh, we know people, you know, the history of some people. They say, hey, I got saved. I got I, get, I came to Christ and God took the alcohol and he took to the tobacco and he took all of these things away. And I just didn't even want it. And that's a that is a we, we thank God for that. But there's some people who came and said, boy, it didn't go that fast. 
You know, it, it hung on for a little while. It, it hung on longer than I wanted to. Not everything went away instantly. And if it were true that everything went away instantly the day we got saved, uh, really, our text this morning wouldn't make any sense. It would kind of be a contradiction of what uh, the Holy Spirit of God is going to teach us today in this portion of Scripture. Here's the fact. When we got saved, we didn't stop sinning. Yeah, we didn't stop sinning. Now, now some things did change, didn't they? L- listen, if, if every believer had their, the desire of their heart, one desire, I believe if I could have one thing in this life, I would ask that I'd never sin again. That is the desire of my heart. If you're in Christ today, I believe that's probably the desire of your own heart. But here's one thing that we do know that happened the day we got saved, is that we cannot get away with sin anymore like we used to. It's called the conviction of the Spirit of God, right? It's not just, listen, it's not just feeling bad because you set some standard for yourself and you, and you lowered it, I mean, and you, and you fell against your own standard. I'm talking about there's times when you sin and you don't even realize it and something's bothering you about it. And it may be a day later, it may be a week later, it might be a message come up later and you go, oh, that's what it was. Oh, praise the Lord. Listen, that is one of the greatest indications that you are a child of God, which is the discipline and the chastening of God. And it really is. But what does that mean? What does it mean that God chastens and disciplines? It means that we haven't arrived yet. It means that we still have things that we deal with in our life. It means that, watch, we still have sin, but, but we're supposed to, we, we won't be sinless, but we are supposed to be sinning less as we grow and mature in Christ. And so, listen, we are a people born again of the Spirit of God. If you have been born again of the Spirit of God and God is indwelling your physical body, you, you have the indwelling Spirit of God, but listen, we still have a rotten, rotten flesh. We absolutely do. And we're always going to go through the struggle with sinning, just like a shirt. If you wear it long enough, it'll eventually get dirty, right? If you, if you don't wash your hands, they, they get dirtier and dirtier. It is the, the mantra of my wife to say, have you washed your hands? I say, well, of course not. Why would I do that? You know, Jesus' disciples didn't wash theirs, and I, I just think, why, why? I'm just trying to be like them. And, uh, but if you go long enough, right? If you leave the shirt on long enough, if you, wear the, if you wear the clothes long enough, they get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. And listen, if you want to keep a shirt clean for a longer period of time, you might want to change your activities, right? What do I mean? Well, hey, if you're a mechanic, right, you might want to become an insurance salesman. If you're getting tired of dirty clothes, right? You might want to try something else. If, if, if you uh, cook around the home and you do dishes and things like that, and you're just tired of your clothes getting dirty, well, you might want to put on an apron. Or you may want to go out to eat instead, right? What, what am I saying? You might want to change your activities to keep your shirt, your clothes, your outside layer from getting dirty. If you like to work in the, lo- in the yard and go through and till up the dirt, and, and, and you, but you don't like the dirt all over your clothes, you might want to get a landscaper. Or if the kids are still home, make them go do it, right? What, what am I saying? If you want to keep a clean shirt, there are activities that need to be exchanged. There are the activities that made the clothes dirty need to be exchanged for activities that make it clean if you're really that bent out of shape about it. And listen, in our text this morning, we are given a list of things to put off and a list of things to put on that will assure us 
of a cleaner life. How many, hey, listen, how many desire, as you're in Christ, how many desire a cleaner life? How many desire victory over some things in your life, over some sins in your life? How many have some things that are just lagging on? They're a weight that does so easily beset you, and you just really wish they were off your back. Well, we have a thing, a list here of some simple things. And what it is isn't really in the list, really. It's in the the action of what we do with the things that might be on a list. And I want to look at that this morning in Ephesians chapter 1. We looked through this in chapters 1 through 3. We saw the inward blessing of being in Christ Jesus. Uh, If I could revisit that again, uh, or visit that again. I don't know if revisit's a word, but anyway. If I could visit that again, uh, the Ephesians chapter 1 through 3. We saw our position in Christ. We saw our purpose in Christ. We saw our purchase of Christ. We saw our paternity, you know. Uh, you take a paternity test. Well, we know what our paternity is. The test came back, right? Right? We belong to Him. We're a child of God. It's a wonderful thing. You wake this morning? That's a wonderful thing to be a child of God. We get to call God our Father. And Jesus told us we could. We have a promise and we have proof. What is our position? Well, according to the Word of God, we are in Christ Jesus, not out of Christ. We are in Christ. We are in the ark per se, as Noah was in the ark. We are above the wrath of God. We are safe uh, from the wrath of God. And uh, we are in Christ Jesus. Our purpose is what? Adoption. We have been adopted. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are, we, we, we call uh, God our Father and Jesus our elder brother. We have the indwelling Spirit of God that links us to our family. There is the purchase, which is redemption. We have been redeemed not with the incorruptible things as gold and silver, but we have been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. No, you can't baptize your way to it. You can't join a church uh, to get to it. You, you, you can't do a lot of good works to get to it. It is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanses a sin. And when we put our faith and trust in Him, calling upon Him for that, uh, listen, God applies that. It is applied immediately to our account. And we have been redeemed. We are purchased back by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our identification, our paternity is, is, is Jesus Christ. Our promise is an inheritance. We looked at that in First Peter uh, last Wednesday. We have an inheritance. It is an eternal inheritance. And the proof of our inheritance is the earnest, the down payment. You out and buy a house. What do you get? Put a down payment. Put a down payment. What are you telling them? I'm buying it. What happens if you don't buy it? They keep the money. You are parting from your, from your earnest. And you know what? The Holy Spirit of God is called the earnest of our salvation. It is the down payment of what's coming in the future. And can I tell you this? You cannot take, just the way that you cannot take back earnest money, God can't give back. He can't take back. He can't give back. He can't be separated from the Holy Spirit of God. Our inheritance, watch, our inheritance in Jesus Christ is just as secure just as secure as the Godhead is inseparable. You cannot separate the Holy Spirit from God the Father. And listen, if, if He is dwelling in us, if He is the earnest, if He cannot be taken back, watch, if God could give the Holy Spirit as an earnest and we could lose our salvation and uh, God couldn't get His Holy Spirit back, it's not, it's not possible. It is not possible. We are secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we saw that in verses chapters 1 through 3. Now, 
chapters 4 through 6 is our outward behavior. We are now, we're in Christ. You, you're born again. Let's, okay, if you're in this room, you're born again. You're saved. You're born again. You're in Christ Jesus. And now our identity right now is Jesus Christ. I've told you this before, but uh, Brother Charles Elliott, uh, I, uh, we were talking one time, and uh, he told me, he said, he said Brother, uh, we have just lost our identity. Speaking of Christians in general, you know, mainly more focused towards those in America. He said, we have lost our way. We have lost our identity. Our identity is no longer Jesus Christ. It seems like our identity is now the world. And we see this in churches all over the place. They look like the world. They act like the world. They talk like the world. There's not a thing about them different. There's not a thing about them that looks like, uh, that looks like uh, Jesus Christ. And what do we say? They, they, they've... If, if they're in Christ and saved, they've walked away from their identity. What, what does that look like? Well, let me say it this way. If for some reason somebody got up and they said, hey, I want to be a biker, what would they start doing? Well, they would identify with a biker. What would they do? Well, they might put on the leathers, right? They might go join the Hells Angels or the One Percenters or something like that if they wanted to be a, in a bike gang or something like that. What are they doing when they do that? They came to a decision, I want to be this. And what do they do? Secondly, they put on their identity, which is of what they're wanting to be. See, in Christ Jesus, we have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ Jesus. And our identity should be Jesus Christ. We should want to put on who he is. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are are become new. So we see that we are supposed to live our lives on a daily basis like Jesus. That's a tall order, friend. Why? Because we've got a rotten flesh that we're still living in. Right. We have a flesh, we have our physical body, all of the baggage that we brought in that still wants to live right, like the old way. But we are to live our lives on a daily basis like the Lord Jesus. But God has given us a way to do this, you know. I'm so thankful that we can't serve God in the flesh. I'm thankful for that. But it would be terrible if He didn't give us a way to serve Him when all we had was the flesh. But He has. He has. Let's just say, let me, let me, let me give you an illustration. Let's say you're an individual like myself. In your right mind. And you love dogs. Here it comes, Jana. <laughs> you love dogs. How many like dogs? Okay. They're okay. Anybody like just love dogs? You're like, oh yeah, I love a dog. Yeah, You don't like dogs? You've had like 50 of them. Okay. All right. All right. You got to ruin the whole illustration. That's okay. But just say you, you, love, you love dogs, all right? And you... For some weird reason, you went out and bought a cat. You don't love cats. How many just are okay? You're like, eh, I could do without a cat. How many are like, get out of the way. Get away from me. Would you even put them up with them in a barn maybe and say, okay, go eat rats and snakes. But okay, we have one guy back there who's completely in his right mind. And he says, no cats, no cats at all. But let's say for some reason, let's say for some reason 
you were this this mangy cat showed up it was mangy it was ugly it was emaciated it was just uh, w- running around walking around the front of the house is looking in your door going you know wanting to come in and it's it's just this pitiful looking thing and let's say for some weird i don't get it it doesn't make sense and it really there's a great connection here but it makes no sense but you have had some compassion on this cat for some reason you don't like the thing it's ugly it doesn't offer anything even if it was healthy it wouldn't offer you anything but anyway it's just there and for some weird reason you're like oh that's sad that is that is a sad cat Tell you what, I'm going to take that cat. I'm going to bring it into my house. But the only way this animal is going to get into my house right, is if it acts like a dog. Has anybody been successful at making a cat act like a dog? Now, I've seen a cat fetch. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, they're cats. So if you had the ability... If I were going to go through this and I had the ability, the one way I would allow a cat into our house like a dog is allowed into our house is if I could make that cat act like a dog. And if I had the ability, what I would do is I would take the nature of a dog and I would open that cat's mouth and shove it in the cat, you know, and I'd put that nature in the cat. Now, it wouldn't be that mean, but I'd put that nature in a cat. Now watch, if I could look, if I could put the dog's nature in a cat, it'd be a funny looking dog, but I'd be okay with it because it would still act like a dog. It'd be okay. It would like actually like you. It would. It would actually do things for you. It would actually want to please you instead of just you pleasing it, right? I, you, you know what I'm getting at, right? It would still look like a cat, but would have the, do- the nature of the dog, and it would be able to operate on the outside like what is on the inside. You catching where I'm going? Let, you, you see, we are fallen. We are emaciated. We are sinful man that has nothing desirable in us. But for some reason, God had compassion upon us and he loved us. Uh, behold what manner of love that it says over in First John, the Father had. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. What did he do? He made it possible for us to have a relationship with us. What did he do? He bought us. He purchased us with the blood of Jesus Christ. And what did he do he took the nature he took by the, uh, of jesus christ uh, he took it by the holy spirit of god and he put that nature within us so now we have god operating in us a redeemed inside a redeemed human body trying to do what only god can do and what we cannot do but here's the difference we still have a fallen free will we still have all of the ability to act like that It's up to us to choose on a daily basis, watch, whether we are going to yield to God and allow Him to live His life through us. We're partakers of the divine nature, hallelujah. But that flesh still has the ability to override. We can choose. Joshua 24, remember Joshua told Israel, choose you this day. Whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have a choice. You have a choice. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on 
the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for what the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What am I saying? You have a choice. You can put on Christ or you can go ahead and operate in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 6.17 Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith uh, the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. What is he saying? You have a choice to come out from among them and choose to yield to God and allow Him to work in your life. 1 Peter 1.15 But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That word conversation means lifestyle. You have a choice. No, we have the divine nature. We have the indwelling spirit of God. We have been born again. We have been redeemed. We are on our way to heaven. Glory to God. But we have a flesh that doesn't want to live like Christ. And wait, wait, hold on. And God wants us to live like Christ. And he has every right to to demand that we live like Christ. I've said this before, but I love what this one pastor said. He said, the father was so pleased with his son that he wanted many more just like him. I love that. And that's you and I. We have the ability, we have the inward ability to do that, and we have the responsibility to, uh, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That word follower in Ephesians 5.1, we'll get there one of these days, he says, be ye followers of God as dear children. That word followers there means to mimic or to imitate. Be ye imitators of the Lord Jesus. You know, it seems like a pretty tall order, but God has made it possible for us to live a life that imitates Him. It is possible. Imperfection like Jesus? Well, no, we'll never be perfect. But a pattern of growth upward, a pattern of maturing, becoming more and more like Christ. Well, we saw last week that Jesus gave the church some gifts. Wrapped up presents. I like that. He gave to the church to aid, watch, to help us to be able to live like Christ. We We have the inward Holy Spirit, right? But we also have the flesh, so we need to be helped to learn how to say no to the flesh and to say yes to God. So he's given us some some packages, some presents. We saw that last week. One, it was the apostles. Number two, prophets. Those are done away with now. We have the complete word of God. We have we we have the 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 the, the a more sure word of prophecy, as Peter said. We don't, there's no need for an, a New Testament apostle, and there's nobody that would even fit the qualifications today for a New Testament apostle. So apostles, the office of uh, the role of an apostle is over. That role of a prophet, it's done with. We have the complete word of God. But there's two packages that have been left to us that we still have. And one is the evangelist. And the second that we saw last week was the pastor and the teacher. Only two needed today, right? And so these gifts are for a purpose. We have the evangelist and the pastor teacher. I, I, I may not be original. I'm sure somebody else has said it. But I was thinking of it this way. The evangelist is so the church can grow out. The pastor teacher is so the church can grow up. Maturity. And see, that's what it is. Look at verse 11 through 15 in our text. Chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Look at this. For the perfecting, that's maturing, of the saints. For the work of the ministry... 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. So every child of God is to be equipped to give the gospel to every person right? that God brings across our path. That is the word ministry there. Watch. I am equipping you on a, day, on a weekly basis, on a day-to-day basis, sometimes uh, more than three times a week. Uh, I am equipping you. I am helping you. I am aiding you by the word of God so that you can go out and minister to the world around you that God has placed in front of you. Do you know God brings people across your paths? Do you know the providence of God allows you to cross paths that uh, you, you never knew that people existed and you, you cross their path one day and you realize that God has brought it together? Why? Because you're supposed to be able to minister to them. You're supposed to be able to share with them that Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be able to help them to, to, to give them an answer of the hope which lieth within you, uh, Peter said, and that is the purpose of the gifts to the church of maturity and ministry. Listen, 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 please. It's hard to be the light that you're supposed to be when your life is dirty. How, how many agree that God has called you to a role of ministry? That was so close. You've been called to a life of ministry. No, not the office of pastor or deacon, maybe. But you've been called to, an, to, to, a, to a role of ministry. You are an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all ambassadors, the Bible said. But it's hard to be the light that you're supposed to be when your life is dirty. It's hard to say, you need Jesus when you're living like the world. It's, it is really hard to say that you need to be clean when you're wearing a shirt that has dirt all over it. And, for, and listen, for those of, of, of you who really want to have a life that matches your position in Christ as you go out and minister to the world that God has put you in front of, the Lord has given us an outline here of how to become more successful at that. Watch, how to become more consistent of that. How to become more balanced at that. And this is what I notice in the rest of chapter 4, a wonderful, wonderful aspect of balance. Not, not a huge shift one way or the other, but a great balance. And we see in verses 17 through 32, the aspect of putting off and putting on. You want to be a good minister? You want to be faithful with the Word of God? Hey, listen, do you want to live a life that the world doesn't say, hypocrite? Do you know how often I hear that of people in the world? And you know what's sad? I have to say many times, well, you're right. There's a lot of hypocrisy. There's hypocrisy in my life. There's hypocrisy in your life. There's, uh, there's Sometimes there's mountains of hypocrisy that absolutely destroy the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we want to have a ministry, if we want to reach a lost world, if we have a heart and a desire to see those that are outside of Christ come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we need to have a life. We need to have a life that doesn't say hypocrisy. And these next few verses help us to see how to do that. Look at verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. And that word Gentiles there is a general term for unbelievers. Unbelievers. 
the unsaved. He says, the, these unsaved, what do they do? They, they walk in the, they live, they walk in a daily basis. They live their life according to the vanity of their mind. It's, that word vanity means empty. It doesn't mean that they don't have thoughts. It means that the thoughts that they do have are vain, they're worthless, they're empty, they don't accomplish anything. It says here that these people that are lost, their understanding is darkened. Their eyes are blind. They don't see. Remember when Jesus was with the parable of the, of the pro, we call it the prodigal, okay? Some call him lost, but the, that parable of the prodigal son. He was in the, in the hog pen, wallowing around and eating with the hogs. And the Bible says when he came to himself, what happened? His eyes were opened. He understood his condition. He saw where he was living. He finally came to the realization This is wrong where I'm living. This is wrong what I believed. It's not right where I was. His eyes were opened. Listen, the unsaved person, they they continue on a day-to-day basis walking in darkness. Why? Because the Bible says that they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They love darkness, right? He says, we're not like this. Their understanding is darkened. They have a blind heart. They are past feeling. It's starting to sound like Romans chapter 1 when God gives them over to a reprobate mind. I mean, they're just so callous and desensitized to sin that nothing bothers them over anymore. Given over to lasciviousness, I'm telling you, we see this all around us today in our culture. Uh, lasciviousness means lewd conduct that shocks public decency. Boy, is that not everywhere. I mean, just look how half the people dress. Forget, forget about what they say. All right? And I, listen, I don't get on the loss. That's how they, they're just living like they're, they just, they're just living like we all lived. I, I mean, I'm not getting on that. But sadly, how many Christians are following? But lewd, lewd conduct that shocks public decency, the one that doesn't care to hide their behavior anymore. Hey, they don't even even have uh, the ability, to, as it said over in uh, Isaiah, to, to blush anymore, right? Uh, they're, they're not ashamed of anything. And they, you'll see them, they'll, they'll find enjoyment in the shock value of their life. They watch people go and they love watching some people. <gasps> they're like, yeah, they're accomplished. He says, no, we don't walk like that. We don't walk like the unsaved. We don't live our life like that. Look what he says in verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Right. You have not. Listen, you have not learned to live this way by Jesus Christ. You learn to live this way by the flesh and the old nature. This comes. Watch. It's still there. This is why some Christians live in a lewd way still. Because the propensity is still there in the flesh. But he says here, you haven't learned this from Christ. Look what he says uh, here. If you have heard him, if you have been taught by him, what is he saying? If you have been born again, what? As the truth is in Jesus. Well, we could camp on that for a little while, right? I, Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You don't come to the Father through your church. You don't come to the Father through your, through your uh, good works. You don't come to the Father through Muhammad or Buddha or anybody else. There's not a thousand ways to the Father. There is one way, and it's Jesus Christ, because the truth is in Him. Listen, if you are in Christ, 
You didn't learn to live verses 17 through 19 by Christ. You learned them in the flesh. So here's the problem. Or here's the answer. You ready? Verses 23 to 24. Put off and put on. If so be, verse 21, you have heard him, have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation. What does that word conversation mean? Lifestyle. That you put off concerning the former conversation. Uh, Where did I go? I lost it. Uh, The old man, which is corrupt according to to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, change your thinking, then that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put off and put on. Like a dirty, sweaty shirt. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what's not becoming to society around you when you've got the same dirty sweaty shirt on for the for a week in a row yeah i used to train at this gym when i was in high school <laughs> this one guy and he he wasn't all there it's okay but man he had this one shirt he'd wear it all week and it was disgusting it was disgusting it was filthy and one day in the middle of the gym he took it off <laughs> turned it inside out and put it right back on <laughs> Listen, you can't do it's still a filthy, dirty, rotten shirt, and there's a lot of applications there. A lot of Christians try that with their filthy life, turn it inside out and turn over leave. It's still the same mess it is, right? But uh listen, if you want listen, if you want to be clean, if you don't want to be a reproach, if you want to be uh, able to be effective in your Christian life, put off the nasty dirty shirt and put on a clean one and get one that's fresh out of the dryer, right? Oh, those are the best. And put that thing on, right? Put off and put on. Hey, listen, if you're born again this morning, you want this. You say, my my flesh is getting the best of me. But I'll tell you this, you hate it. You don't like it. Well, sometimes I think I like it. No, you don't. Sin is good for a season, right? You don't like the aftermath. You want this. Look at verses 25 through 32. Look at this balanced list. Put off, put on. You want to be effective? Put off, put on. You want to reach the world that God has put in front of you? Put off and put on. You want to be consistent in your life? Put off and put on. Look at this. It's so simple. It doesn't, I'm not even spending much time on it. You can spend all the time on it. It's not real deep. I love it. Put off lying. Well, that's a good one. Quit lying. <laughs> quit, quit, quit lying. I mean, let me say it somewhere you'll understand it, maybe a little boy. Stop lying. How's that? Look what he said. Watch the balance. Put on truth. You see that? And that you, uh, verse 25, wherefore, put away lying. That's to put off. Here's to put on. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Don't lie on one another. Don't lie to each other. Listen, the, the greatest way to say I don't love you is to lie to you. That is the most self-centered, selfish thing to do. And it's the greatest way to say I don't care about you is to lie. Quit lying. 
You want to be effective? Stop lying. Start telling the truth. Here's another one. Look at this one. This one, it gets a lot of interesting uh, uh, thoughts on this one. Verse 26, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. What are we putting off here? Well, we're putting off uh, an unrighteous anger. But what are you putting on? Look what it says. Uh, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. What, What are you putting on? Dealing with things quickly and not allowing them to stay. Do you know there's time for righteous indignation? But if that turns into a thing of vengeance and becomes bitterness... Watch, because watch, because you harbor it for a long period of time. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. You, listen, there may be a time for anger. Listen, there, there may be a time for righteous indignation. Jesus came and turned the tables upside down and, and scattered them out of the temple. And he was right for doing it. But if you, if listen, you came to a point of that in your life and something was wrong and you're indignant about, I'm just talking about something that was wrong that should be. But then it turns into bitterness. And you just let it fester there. That's not right. I know some say it's, this is a command to be angry and sin not. I've heard that one before. And, uh, but the, the point is, listen, there may even be a place for anger, but it can, if it turns into sin, right? now you're in wrath and that's just the flesh. And that's not right. That's not right at all. How do you make sure? Wait, what's the balance of that? Deal with things quickly, forgive and move on. That's putting on. What do you, so what, essentially, what are you putting on? You're putting off uh, wrath and anger, and you're putting on forgiveness. Let's look at the next one. Here's an easy one. That one took too long, right? Look at this. Put on, here, put off, neither give place to the devil. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. Quit stealing. Quit, steal, quit, quit punching the clock wrong. Yeah, you know, now there's computerized things. But you know what you find out? People know how to get around the computers too. Yeah. Quit hanging out by the water fountain for way too long. You're still, you're stealing. Yeah. I had a young guy over here, a concrete guy. He was, I talked to him for about 30 minutes. And I called his boss. I said, uh, charge me for 30 minutes. I was talking to one of your guys for about a half an hour. And uh, we had a nice talk, but uh, I need to pay you for that. And... Uh, of course, he said, don't worry about it. But still, I mean, no, that's not, that's the right thing to do. He, he was being paid for what he was doing. And, uh, and I could have even said, well, bless God, I was giving him the gospel. He was still being paid. It wasn't right. Yeah. Put off stealing. What does he say? Put on work. Working to steal. Let him that steal, uh, stole steal no more. But rather, here's the put on. Let him labor working with his hands. The thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Here's one of the reasons that we work so we can give. Not so that we can consume upon our own lust. But watch this. Here's put off stealing. Put on working. Put off stealing. Put on working. Brother Jim White, he taught one of our counseling classes years ago. And he had a young boy that came to him for counseling. He'd gotten saved. His family wasn't saved. His dad wasn't saved. But for, for a long time, his father had him steal for the family. Well, this young boy was invited to church. He got saved. He began to become convicted about this. Right? Why? He had read this verse one day in his Bible reading and went, uh-oh. But he said, I do this for my family. 
My dad expects this out of me. What do I do? So you know what he did? He was told, well, go get a job. And it's exactly what the, the, the guy did. He got a job and gave that money to his dad. His dad asked him, what are you doing? Listen, he was finally able to lead, lead his dad to the Lord out of that testimony. He goes, well, I read that God told me not to steal anymore. This is wrong and I can't do that. So I went out and got a job and I'm just giving you that money. Wow, that's conviction. That's wonderful. What was he doing? He was putting off and then he went and put on. He went and put on. Put off corrupt speech, the Bible says the next one, and put on edifying speech. I'm, a, I'm amazed at how some believers talk anymore. I was telling the men just in men's prayer the other day, I was talking to an individual, claims to be saved, and he, and he said, J.C., Jesus Christ, took God's name in vain. I was like, Duh! I mean, I mean I, I'm mean, i telling you, there's like levels, and that one gets right up there, man. Yeah. Put off corrupt speech. Put talking filthy like the world. What do you put on? Speech that edifies. What does that mean? Speech that lifts up. Speech that helps. Right? Our speech is to be seasoned with salt. Preserve, it's supposed to be preserving speech. Filthy things. They shouldn't be a part of us. Look at it. Here's the next one. Put off the grieving of the Holy Spirit of God. To grieve. Watch. When we reject, when God tells us to do something, and we say no, we grieve Him. And that word grieve means to break His heart. Wow. Why? Because we're in a relationship with God. He loves us and we love Him. And when we say no to Him, it breaks His heart. What do you put on? We put off the grieving. What do you put on? Obedience. Now look at this last list here. Put off, here we go, a, a long list. And let all, verse 31, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another. Boy, that's a novel idea, huh? tender-hearted, forgiving one another, there we go, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Could you imagine what the world would think about God's people if this became a, a greater part, a greater identifying mark in their life than what commonly is that they see? That, that they have put off bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor Crying about every dilemma. Always worked up about everything. Evil, speaking, malice. And watch, and we put on kindness and tenderheartedness and forgiveness. Jesus said that you'll know that they will know that you're my disciples by your love for the brethren. Yeah. Could you imagine what, how effective we would be in the world if these things, if we would put off what, what the... If we had a, had a, let me say it this way, if we had a pattern of putting off what God is against and putting on what Jesus Christ is for, could you imagine the effectiveness we could have? Yeah. If there's a phrase that sums up the world's view of Christians, I said it before, it's hypocrisy. It shouldn't be that. No, listen, we know this. There's no such thing as sinless perfection. Yeah. But God has placed within every believer the third person of the Godhead, His Holy Spirit. And with God living in us, 
we have the presence and the power to put off the old man, that Adamic nature, to put off the old man and to put on the new man so that we can more consistently live like Christ. I said that. We have the presence, watch, and the power of the Spirit of God. Can I tell you what that dunamis is, that power is? The very same power that brought Jesus out of the grave alive. The very power that as Jesus was speaking the worlds into existence, the Holy Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters, the face of the deep. He was doing His part in creation. That's power. We can't fathom. The scientists get their telescopes and they look deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the universe and they just scratch their head and they're in awe at the magnitude of the universe. And that God lives in us. He dwells in us. He can't leave us. We have everything in us. In His presence, the grieving and and convicting of the Spirit, and His power to live such a way, to put on Jesus Christ and put off the old man. We have that ability ability to do that so we can be effective in the world that God has left us in. Can I tell you this morning, the lost world needs us to live like Christ? And you know what you ought to be able to do? Here's something good to put on. When you don't live like Christ in front of the world, you ought to go and and let them know you messed up and you shouldn't have. You don't think I've had to call people back? (laughs) uh, Maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. No. Because what good, hey, what good is it to tell people they need Jesus while living a life that looks nothing like Him. Does, what does that help? doesn't help a thing. Yeah. So let me ask you this morning, and we're done. Are you in a faithful, consistent pattern in your life of putting off and putting on? Can I tell you something? You you can't be if you are not a daily student of the Word of God. You can't be. Because this is where we know what to put off and what to put on. Are you continuing to live a life of putting off and putting on? Pretty simple. Are you lying? Stop it. Are you stealing? Knock it off. The words come out of your mouth filthy and unbecoming of a believer, unbecoming of a lady, unbecoming of a gentleman. Stop. Stop it. Be ye holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. Our Father, this morning we thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction. Thank you for the correction. Thank you for the simplicity of it. It, is, it just really is simple. And I thank you this morning, God, that with the, by the indwelling Spirit of God that you have given us, that we have your presence and we have your power and ability 
to live a consistent, faithful life of putting off the flesh and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can be effective in the world that uh, you have placed us in, and Lord, that we can, we can show the world, we can, that the world can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be, God, help us. Help us to be more faithful there. Help us to grow in that area. Help us to do better if we're struggling. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand this morning? We're going to have a short time of invitation. Brother Mike is going to push the buttons today. The instrument's going to play. I'm going to ask you a question this morning as heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Can anybody say, maybe you can raise your hand this morning and say, you know what, God has spoken to me. I'm not, I don't, no need to tell what it is, but you can say, God has spoken to me. There's a few things I think I need to work on. The Holy Spirit has kind of put His finger on me about a couple of things. Anybody like that? Say, there's, yeah, amen. I think we can probably, all of us, if we were honest, we'd all ra- we could all probably raise our hands. There's some things I need to work on. Yeah. Would you make a concerted effort to deal with the Lord today and tell the Lord today, today, Whatever you show me, I'm gonna, we're going to start working on that. I'm going to start putting that off. And we're going to start putting on, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let me ask another question. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ Jesus? You know, in Matthew 7, 22, Jesus said, Many will come unto me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have watched cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And he'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Yeah. Hey, what good is it to live like a Christian and end up in hell at the end of it all? What good is it to turn over a new leaf and have a bunch of fruit that's just taped on, not produced from the inside, and at the end of it all, die and go to hell? You see, we don't work to get to Christ. We work because we're first in Christ, right? We, we, we live this life because we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question is, are you in Christ today? Have you been born again. Would you listen to verse 24 one more time? What, what is the, listen to this. And that you put on the new man, listen now, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Only God can, only a relationship in, with Christ can produce this from the inside. Are you in Christ Jesus? If you're not in Christ, would you stay after? And we can take the Word of God and we can show you how you can know for certain that your sins can be forgiven and you can be on your way to heaven. If you're watching online, you can call, you can email, you can text, whatever it takes. We'll have somebody that can show you how you can know today, today, that your sins can be forgiven. You can call upon the Lord and He will, He will save you. And you can begin a life of putting off the old flesh and putting on the new. And uh, we'll show you how to do that. Absolutely. been a good day today we're looking forward to what the lord will do through this message in our life
Let me close in a word of prayer this morning. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brother, uh, Brother Earl if you would close us in prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the privilege to assemble. Lord, we thank you for your love, for your such a great salvation, Lord, that you've given us, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, that we would walk in the Spirit, walk responsible. Lord, we pray that we would be all that we come to you for Christ, and have you 